0: I've just about had enough of you. I'm Welcome to 50 Years of Shit Robots. This is the podcast series that looks at uh, robot films between the years 1927, when Metropolis was released, and 1977, when Star Wars was released. Both of those films have beautiful robots in, and all we're trying to do is work out, in the 50 years between those two films, were all the robots shit or not? So, Stephen Murray, we have alighted in 1962 at the film... Doctor No, the very first James Bond film. Now, it's on our list of robot films, although anyone who's watched this film before might be thinking to themselves, hang on a minute, there aren't any robots in that.
1: Yeah, he's got mechanical hands, hasn't he, Doctor No?
0: Yeah. He
1: has prosthetics that act robotically. They have super strength.
0: So technically, he's a cyborg, isn't he? Yeah. When we say robots, we mean robots we mean androids we mean cyborgs we mean ai yeah all those things so he falls into cyborgs cyborgs are humans that have been modified
1: uh, yeah they've been given parts that are mechanical and generally those parts enhance them in some yeah
0: way. and we have we haven't had many cyborgs so far the the only one i can think off the top of my head is uh, the tin man wizard of oz
1: yeah they do explode in the 80s some of them literally
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but are there any are there any others that we've seen so far the Col- the colossus of new york yes the colossus of new york
1: and the robot from uh the robot versus the aztec mummy
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah so that's, that's a mummy android isn't it
1: well inside the robot Oh, yes, the sorry. There's a mouse. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I was thinking that the mummy had been turned into a robot, but that's not yeah. true, is it?
1: Wait, I do realise that watching all of these films is a form of torture. <laughs> yeah, and I just like everybody to know, we do watch these films. We do
0: watch all of them. So yeah, you the, don't have to. The, the mummy versus the humanoid robot. The robot has the head of a, of a human yeah. inside a box. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so we haven't seen many cyborgs, and but the ones that we have seen, I mean, I mean the the Tin Man is one of our not shit robots. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So will Doctor Julius No <laughs> receive such kind treatment? Let's find out, shall we? <laughs> Very interesting rewatching Doctor No. I haven't seen it for a very, very long time. I, I think as a kid it was never one of my favourite Bonds.
1: I liked I liked it a lot. My favourite Bond is generally the one of the ones in the top five worst, which is uh, you only live twice. I i again i stayed in the cinema and watched that film three or four times in one day yeah i was deprived of vitamins by the time i'd finished re-watching that film i'd yeah. hide so i could watch it again but dr no i think i think it's a great 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 film to start a franchise
0: it's brilliant i think that i feel very taught, very split over this film because i think that having watched it I think that it's, it's pretty, a pretty tight, well-made film, very watchable. However, as soon as you put your 2023 specs on, you're sort of like going, oh, my God, <laughs> oh God. is this? Read the book. That's <laughs> okay. even worse. So um, this is, of course, the first of the Bond films, but Doctor No is not the first of the Bond books
1: No, that'll go to Casino Royale.
0: That was the first one, wasn't it? And then Moonraker was the second, I think.
1: Was it? I think so. No, Dr. No was the second. Was it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are so prepared for this, aren't we? So according to this, we've got Casino Royale is the first book, 1953. Live and Let Die is the second book, Uh... 1954. Moonraker is the third book, 1955. Dr. No doesn't come along until 1958. So it's the fifth or sixth book in the series, but it it does become the first of the films. Directed by Terence Young, who's probably best known for his work on James Bond films. Yeah. He did the first two films, Doctor No from Russia with Love, and he also did Thunderball as well, which is often seen as one of the best Bond films, although not one of my favourites, I have to say. Uh, Which was remade. It was, that's right, for the, the, the out-of-franchise Sean Connery film. Never Say Never Again. A film which is so weird, I think, to watch because it doesn't have any of the Bond music cues.
1: One of the interesting things for me about the Bond franchise is that as soon as Doctor No became a success, it was a bit of a slow burn, but as soon as they realised they had something, they sort of fixed all the elements in it. Like the title sequence to all the Bond films will have a popular song in it, it'll have some dancing girls in it, and it'll use either animation, or technology at the time. The Barrel, Looking Down the Barrel by Maurice Maurice Binder, he created that, is in all the Bond films. The posters, Bond has to have a gun in his hand and it has to be pointing up. You can have a look at that. Every single one of the posters, it's all fixed. As soon as that was a success and as soon as they knew it was going to become a franchise. They changed it. They tweaked it every now and again by having um, a spectacular opening um, like a you know Bond going off a cliff with his with his uh, parachute on and it opens and it's a Union Jack and all yeah. those kind
0: of thing. The sort of the 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 last bit of the previous mission kind of yeah. exciting yeah. opening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that's that's not evident in Doctor No. No.
1: Um,
0: uh, so the cast for Doctor No, um, you have got Sean Connery. You have got your Sean Connery. Yes. Uh, You've got got (laughs) Ursula Andress, which is quite hard. It would have been quite hard for Sean Connery to say that, wouldn't it? (laughs) Ursula Andress. Ursula Andress. (laughs) Ursula Andress. Joseph Wiseman plays the eponymous villain, Doctor No. Jack Lord is in it, playing Felix Leiter, who would go on to star in the awesome Hawaii Five O. And the plot of the film, just broadly speaking, is that there's some problems with missile launches. America are having problems with their space launches from Cape they, Canaveral.
1: They keep getting toppled.
0: They keep getting toppled, yeah, which or is where...
1: Or re-guided to other uh, locations for to blow up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a great bit in the film where M is briefing Bond and says, have you heard of toppling 007? <laughs> he says, yes, that's when uh, a radio beam uh, <laughs> distracts uh, a rocket or something like that, isn't it? And he's very vague about it, I thought. <sighs> yeah, he is very vague about it. He knows what it is, though. It sort of knows what it is, yeah. So there's, there's, America are having problems with their rocket launches. That's because um, Dr. No is interfering, because Dr. No is working with the criminal organization Spectre. And Smirsh. And- and, and it's up to Bond to just sort the whole Jolly Well thing out.
1: Are you going to do your acronym?
0: Oh, yeah, I should have done it, shouldn't I? Oh, yes. Well, SPECTRE is oh, it's it's such a preposterous acronym, <coughs> isn't it? Yep. So SPECTRE stands for Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge and Extortion. The four cornerstones, apparently, according to... Uh, Dr. Julius, no. This spawns
1: lots of other things. The Man from Uncle, the TV series, came directly out of the Bond franchise, and their villains were all members of Thrush. <laughs> and then carry on spying, their villains are members of Stench.
0: That's nice. I bet they were cross that Thrush had been, to- been taken.
1: Oh, I bet they were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so mm. we do get a we do get a sexy lady title sequence don't we in doctor no i thought for a yeah. second we weren't going to but we, but we did but it's it, which is like the you know the classic sort of bond silhouettes against a sort of you know dark background dancing but we also then get <laughs> hilariously the uh, silhouettes of three old men three blind mice <laughs> yeah then that leads then into the first few scenes where John Strangeways who's a station chief of MI6 based in Jamaica is m- moided along with his secretary as well by a trio of assassins who are sort of dressed up as old blind men. I watched most oh. of this film with my 14-year-old son Sam and he said so his his comment at the Doctor No titles was what the hell is this? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I Thought that was a fair comment. The um the murder of, of Strangeways and his secretary, I thought, was was very funny because the old guys, the three blind dudes, are all carrying guns with silencers. And uh, quite often they use the, the sort of like the silencer bit of the gun to smash open a window. I know. <laughs> sort of rendering the, uh, the the silence bit of it. it they kick of...
1: the door in and yeah, they make that's so that's much noise. So loud. I think they're not called silencers anymore. They're called suppressors
0: suppresses, right. Because yeah. they're
1: not silent.
0: <laughs> no. Well, they're not silent when you use them to smash windows open. <laughs> now,
1: those scenes, along with another scene later on, were seen as incredibly brutal. Right. So they're... Because, the, I mean, we're we're sort of anaesthetised against all of this now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So the, when people saw that in the cinema, especially when they just brutally shot his secretary, that was seen as, like,
0: horrific. Well, and also, Bond... Kill somebody later on, pretty ruthlessly, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, very ruthlessly. Uh, I can remember being shocked at that.
0: Yeah, but I guess it's that idea that the 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 books, the bond in the books, is sort of gritty, dark. Uh, It will do anything to get the job done. There is a grittiness to it. There's some, you know, there's bits of spycraft in this as well. It's much more like a spy film than a James Bond film. Yeah, there's no gadgets. No. Very poor show from Q in this. Mm. I thought
1: it wasn't. He did originally envisage this. This is um, Ian Fleming as a um, tourist film for Jamaica. Okay, because he had he had a house in Jamaica, didn't
0: he? Yeah, Goldeneye.
1: G- called Goldeneye.
0: Mm. It was his refuge,
1: and he uh, often often entertained Noel Coward there, who he wanted to play Doctor No.
0: Oh, did he? I thought you were going to say you wanted him to play James Bond. No, I can see him as James. I see him more as James Bond, actually, than I can. Really, uh, <laughs> he sent him. A, he sent him a
1: message saying, "I'd like you to play Doctor No," and Noel Coward sent one back saying, "No, and no, and no." <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, well, once we're out, once we've once the, this first dramatic, brutal slaying has taken place in Jamaica, we then are introduced to James Bond who is in London playing baccarat and it's and it is i'd say i mean it's ve- you know it's a very famous you know scene um and it is but it's brilliant i think mm. i think it's such a great introduction for the character
1: it makes you think did they know what they were doing because it's become so iconic yeah cuz in quite a lot of films afterwards they would introduce them saying the bond james bond
0: yeah and it's also, it's got that lovely music cue underneath, isn't yeah. it? I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. But it sort of sets up as well, this opening bit, another sort of part of this, of the film, and I suppose the franchise, that is the first sort of slightly difficult thing with your 2023 specs. It's just that the, every single woman in this film falls head over heels in love with him.
1: Oh, they just stare at him when he's walking away. Yes, and they lean like, in, lean in, and stare. But
0: it's everybody, isn't it? There isn't yep. a single woman in this film. Not a single woman. Oh no, sorry, there is. There's the woman who is the photographer in Jamaica who doesn't fall for his charms. But that's she because is. basically she's got he's got one of his henchmen to break her
1: arm well yeah well she was working for dr no so that's right yeah she was um miss jamaica and she was working at the time in the airport terence young saw her and asked her if she wanted to be in the film
0: oh that's good Mm. so the woman who he's playing against in the casino falls head over heels for him Um, i'm going to
1: be a bit boring during this because that's not in the book in fact there isn't a great deal of sex in the book
0: isn't there
1: if there is any He's incre- He's an incredible gentleman in the book, and that that sequence that sequence is literally in the film to give him this air of uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, as the um, Japanese called James Bond. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's what he
0: does. That is what he does. <laughs> so in Jamaica, we f- we meet Felix Leiter. Yep. Uh, played by Jack Lord. I've always really liked Felix Leiter as a character.
1: Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters as well. Yeah. I think the character is a nice kind of um comparison to the Brits the way we do things. There's a lovely kind of to and fro between the two of them when they meet and they d- and they always genuinely like each other in the
0: film. Yeah. So in Jamaica Bond discovers that um Dr Julius No is operating out of this place called Crab Island. He goes and looks there look has a little sort of recce there and finds Ursula Andress in the form of Honey Rider. Um, Honey child rider. (laughs) Is that her name? It's her name. Uh, She's a local shell diver who um, sells seashells to dealers in Miami. So she's quite a sort of like, um, she's quite a naive innocent, I suppose, isn't she?
1: Yeah, she is. Um, She rises out of the water. She doesn't look like a naive innocent. She rises iconically out of the water um, and walks up the beach with her shells, singing a song. Apparently, her outfit. Uh, created the biggest sales in two piece s- uh, swimwear in the history of bikinis apparently. Oh my. I
0: know. Oh my, oh my. Well, she sings Underneath the Mango Tree.
1: And, and then Bond joins in. Yes. Underneath the mango tree, my honey and
0: me. Who is that? It's alright. I'm not supposed to be here either. I take it you're not. Are you alone? What are you doing here? Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. For me, this feels like this is a, a wasted opportunity that there should be a musical bond.
1: Oh, they so could be, couldn't they?
0: Yes. I've got to kill him now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you expect me to
1: talk? <laughs> no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die.
0: It just would be perfect. I'm in. But Bond singing that little Underneath the Mango Tree song was was really lovely. <laughs> that was great. And
1: his lovely powder blue outfit.
0: Yes. So Bond inevitably is caught by uh, Dr. Julius No and is uh, taken for dinner in his under- underground undersea lair. Um, and it's here that we get some backstory about Dr. No and we find out why he's got his mechanical arms. His cy- cyborg arm, uh, arms and hands, because I suppose that that's sort of why we're here, isn't it? We're here because this w- this would not be featured in this podcast series without these hands. There and there are two different stories about this. There's the book story, and then there's the film story, and they're slightly different.
1: Slightly, very different. In the book story, he has them removed by the Tongs, because he stole a million dollars from them, because yeah. he was he was put in charge of looking after the finances of the Tongs. And he, they started warring with another Chinese gangster group. And in the process, he stole the money, but he got caught, and they chopped his hands off, and they shot him in the heart. But his heart is on the wrong side. And yeah. his hands were replaced by pincers, but then he decided to change his entire appearance. Um, he had his hair removed, he had his spine stretched, and he had implants put into his legs to make him taller,
0: and hide he, from the, to hide from the tongs, so he wouldn't be um, yeah. He wouldn't face and he had these
1: weird glass contact lenses put in. At which point, so oh, there's a point in the novel, and it's really creepy. He taps them with his pincers. Ooh, that and that's is creepy. it is. It's very unpleasant.
0: So, in the novel, though, and in the film, he has the same sort of parentage,
1: yeah. which
0: is that he was born in Peking to a German Methodist missionary called Julius, a, Called Julius. That's right, and a Chinese girl of high status, a high, high status Chinese girl. That's right, and he becomes Doctor No, Doctor Julius No. Because he, it's like a, a, a sticking two fingers up to his dad, isn't it? Yeah. But in the film, he has a, a connection with this group called Tong, and he becomes their sort of their money man, and he steals money from them. But his ha- he loses his hands due to an experimentation in radiation. Yeah. So it's not because they they've been cut off. No. In the initial. Um, meeting between Bond and Doctor No, which happens, hmm. as I say, over dinner, yeah. um, with Honey Rider uh, underneath the ocean in the, in his sort of un, uh, you know undersea lair. I thought it was quite good, and I liked. I uh, sort of the hands look they look a bit funny, but they he crushes a, a metal ornament to sort of show how powerful his his hands are, and it does a pretty convincing job there. I thought that was kind of quite sinister. And uh, was quite good, but unfortunately, his his hands, his uh, cyborg hands, are the well, they're literally the death of him, aren't they?
1: They are the death of him because they're a bit, <laughs> they're a bit shiny and a bit slippery.
0: Yeah, and they, he and doesn't have much control with them. He's so got he's, no grip. So at the end, he is uh, he and Bond are battling on the sort of this uh, gantry above a a, a radioactive pool. And unfortunately for Dr. No, uh, whereas Bond can kind of like climb off this descending gantry uh, because he's got, you know, actual hands and actual feet. Uh, Unfortunately, Dr. No can't because his hands, his, his metallic hands can't get any purchase.
1: No. So he descends into the pool and boils to death.
0: Yeah, he's poached. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> His lair is quite interesting, because we wouldn't have these modernist lairs without Alfred Hitchcock in the film North by Northwest. Okay. Because that was the first film to, to have a villainous lair, okay. and he decided to make it incredibly modernist architecture. Now, we look at modernist architecture from that period and I think it's absolutely beautiful, but a lot of people hated it, including... Ian Fleming because there is a story of how he gets his own back on a particular architect called Goldfinger who built a modernist house in Hampstead Ian Fleming protested against the building of the house along with a lot of other people in Hampstead but it went ahead and he built it and so he built into Goldfinger the novel the character of Goldfinger who is incredibly vulgar he just likes gold
0: I love the idea that Ian Fleming was just a nimby do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. He d- did have that sort of form with naming people as well, didn't he? Because yeah. obviously um, Blofeld is named after someone who was. He was looking through the the list of members at the MCC and uh, found Blofeld, who is then related to Henry Blofeld, the uh, commentator. commentator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool.
1: Well, no, there's a really interesting point in the film, which is where James Bond, where Ian Fleming got James Bond's name, which is from a a book, uh, an Audubon book written by um, James Bond. Right. And he wanted a name that was both masculine and also quite boring. So he saw that on the cover of the book and decided to call his... um, protagonist james bond and in the novel dr no there's an awful lot of bird watching and lots of birds and ian fleming see he knows his wildlife yeah and he's there's an awful lot in the book about the, the wildlife of jamaica
0: okay and, you don't and get that so much in the film
1: <laughs> no you don't get it at all in, in fact um dr no's demise was mm. quite interesting in the book
0: it's different yeah. Is it from the film? How does yeah, it? How, so, what is it in the in the book then?
1: Uh, Bond manages to get onto the deck uh, and turns a crane round, which is full of bird shit, and tips it all onto uh, Doctor No, and he suffocates in a mound of bird crap.
0: <sighs> wow! So, in 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 the in the novel, he is literally a shit robot.
1: He,
0: yes. <laughs> wow!
1: It's awful as well because he turns around, he's got his mouth open as well, and he describes how all of this powdered bird crap goes into his mouth.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Bon appetit. Again, so it's worth saying that Dr. No is a character who is, when he's initially talked about by Felix Leiter in the middle of the film, before we've seen him at all, he is called a Chinese character. Hmm. And we find out from Dr. No's mouth that his, his, uh, his, you know he was born to this German missionary and this high-status Chinese woman. So he is Chinese. However, in the film, he is played by Joseph Wiseman, who uh, is a Canadian.
1: Yeah, and a very good actor.
0: Very good actor. Yeah, and and this is de- definitely not a comment on his acting ability, uh, because I think that I thought I thought he was great in it. Mm. But he's 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 one of a, f- a few characters in this film who are played by British, American, or Canadian actors who are playing um, sort of Asian characters who aren't Asian. So there's a character called Miss Tarot. So she's working for Government House in Kingston, but she's a double agent for Doctor Who. So Miss Tarot is played by Xena Marshall, who's who's British, who according to – this is just from her Wikipedia page – Said that because she she looked quotes exotic, she would ended up playing a lot of um, Asian characters in ah, films. Okay. And so this sort of brings us to Yellow Face, I suppose, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, Joseph Wiseman did do another Yellow Face. He, he played Draco in Buck Rogers in the Twenty Fifth Century.
0: Did he? The TV yeah. show. Yeah, and I will link to all of the things that I found about this in the show notes because. Um, I recognize that we are not experts experts in this. Um, It has been really interesting looking into it because obviously this is not the first time we've discussed this because we we talked about this when we um, did our episode on on the Flash Gordon uh, serial because of the character, uh, Ming the Merciless. So in 1967, 25 American states repealed the anti-miscegenation laws i don't think i pronounced that very well these were designed these laws were designed to prohibit interracial marriage and in some cases could also prohibit interracial sexual relations so they were repealed by 25 states in 1967 so this is before that this film was in 1962 dr no and it's interesting looking at the list of films that have yellow face both before and afterwards. And yellow face is something that still happens, that still happens. Hmm. You know, you think it is, if you, you know, if you look at the list of films, TV shows that have had yellow face, you know, it's Riley, Ace of spies in 1983, short circuit and short circuit Two 86 and 88 twin peaks, uh, 1991. You've got absolutely fabulous. The movie in 2016, Uh, 2017 Ghost in the Shell Scarlett Johansson was playing a uh, a Japanese character that was controversial though it was very controversial yeah absolutely but it it goes to show you doesn't it that how you sort of think that this is something that is consigned to the dustbin of history and yet it isn't
1: no and it's there is no excuse for it now no I mean my colleagues would argue there was no excuse for it then but to get Chinese actors or to get Asian actors uh, from India or Pakistan especially in England when we had lots of TV series that were based in those countries at that yeah. time. You couldn't get actors to play the part. So what do you do? It's not an excuse. But then then with that, as a gay man, I quite like the idea. that I mean, there is a hint in this film that, uh, that Dr. No is, is a bit, Is homosexual because he goes into Bond's room and he lifts the sheets up and looks at Bond. Right. puts the sheet back down. But as a gay man, I quite liked the fact that a lot of the Bond villains were gay because we had a voice. Even if it was a villainous voice, I didn't care.
0: An evil laughing voice.
1: Yeah, we got the best lines. Yeah. And, you know, we got dispatched in really inventive ways. And I was quite happy with that. But that's, you know, as a gay man... It's different to see somebody doing yellow face
0: I don't know if you've seen the the image of Doctor No in the James Bond jr animated series oh no <laughs> no it's i mean i'm again i'm I'm making no comment on it other than that um his the, the skin tone in that is green It is on the book cover, and apparently that's because there was a mandate. To try and not include too many ethnic characters as villains in cartoons, so quite a few Asian-looking characters were given green skin, oh. like like Doctor No in James Bond, or the Mandarin in the Marvel yeah, Iron Man uh, Marvel comics, or Ming the Merciless in Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, so I, I think that again, it's something that is very sort of like noticeable. It's something that really jars when you on on a rewatch. And like I said, I will stick in the things that I've got and found on what was called the Yellow Peril, and on uh, examples of Yellowface and uh, Doctor Nose, other incarnations in the animated series as well. But it's worth worth mentioning because it's just just feels just feels like a very very obvious, I suppose, doesn't it? Sticks mm-hmm. out.
1: They are still puzzled, Mister Bond. Not any longer. I sent a complete report. Look, Mr Bond, you've not contacted your headquarters since you requested a Geiger counter. But there are so many files open on you already, Doctor, now. The villainous layers then just got bigger and bigger and bigger and the vast majority of them were designed by Ken Adams. And they culminate in the biggest set ever, which was for your eyes only, which was the uh, huge, gigantic um, oil tanker set.
0: Because the set looks enormous in this, doesn't it? Yeah. They do a really good job of scale, I think, in this. Yeah. It looks there is that massive. little
1: scene before they go to dinner where Bond sees a, a picture of, the, I think it's the Duke of Wellington, it's a painting, Yeah, and he looks at it and then walks up the stairs and literally that year, that painting had been stolen from the National Portrait Gallery. <laughs>
0: That's great.
1: And it's, it's it links to gangsters because gangsters will take paintings as collateral.
0: Brilliant. Love it. So that's essentially the the film, right? Because Bond saves the day. He gets, then gets to be all smoochy with Honey Rider uh, before he's rescued. Um, Dr. No is killed. And in fact, it then provides the motivation for the next film, From Russia With Love. Because um, Spectre, when they find out that Bond has killed Dr. No, they seek revenge, which is what they're trying to do in that film. What did you think re-watching it? I enjoyed
1: re-watching it yeah I did I thoroughly enjoyed reading the book mm. and comparing and contrasting the book is far more um, racist and sexist but uh, the franchise will ramp up the racism and the sexism yeah. in future films but no I enjoyed it and I, th- I think it was gritty and interesting
0: yeah um, and I suppose we've got to rate the robot his hands just his hands <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can't get a very high score, given that they led to his death.
1: It was his downfall.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Are they even worth? No, rating? I don't think
1: they are. No, not I don't think we've ever. I don't think we've ever rated a bit of a robot.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, really, we've only done this because I mean, I certainly was quite excited to watch a James Bond film. But good news is. I remember when you, you started talking to me about the, the next film, which is um, Planet of Storms, which is a Russian film from 1962. You're you're quite excited by the robot in this, aren't you? Yeah, John. I love him. So that's the film that we're going to be doing next. So we can kind of get right back into... We've had a, little, a, a tiny little holiday from robots, really, watching Dr. No. But yeah. we're going to get right back into it in our next instalment. So... Until that time, until we can all meet again around a lovely robot film. Goodbye. Goodbye. What are you doing here? Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking.